Hi, welcome to Sportsy. Let's talk sports. We have spoken to so many athletes and so many sports management professionals, but we never got a chance to speak to somebody who works on the football side and that to an agent. Today we have with us Baljit Rihal, a British football agent. He's a CEO of Inventive Sports, which is a global sports company. He has built the company and his mastery on Indian and Chinese Super Leagues, mainly focusing on football. A licensed FIFA match agent and an English FA registry intermediary. Please welcome Baljit Rihal, CEO, Inventive Sports. Hi, Baljit. Uh, great to have you on Sportsy. Let's talk sports. Thanks, Ed. Thanks very much. Very um, pleased to be here and thanks for inviting me. Yes, and uh, believe me, it's so much uh, fun and I'm sure the listeners are going to have so much fun listening to this chat specifically because it's, uh, we haven't had got anybody who is, a, who is an agent in football. And that is one yeah. industry which is picking up in India phenomenally well, the, the football is. And uh, you've been uh, with, uh, with the Inventive Sports, you've been a champion in the Indian Super League, I-League, as well as the Chinese Super League. So I think the football is your forte. You are a licensed uh, FIFA agent and the intermediary. And uh, yeah, it's a phenomenal work that is, you've been doing in the football field for the Asian football awards and ceremonies and we would like to hear more and more about that uh, during this uh, welcome and thanks for taking this uh, thanks for accepting the invitation thank you very much thank you for that uh, very flattering um, introduction um, but yeah really glad to be here um, and i hope to be doing more of these uh, but when you asked me i had to say yes so um, <laughs> uh, very very uh, pleased to be here thank you Yes, thank you. And it's, uh, believe me, I was waiting. Uh, I was waiting for ISL to just announce the date and to ping you and say, "Okay, I want you here now." So uh, I'm glad we got it on yeah. just in time. Sure. Uh, yeah. Your inventive sports and Baljit Rihal name is very well known in Indian industry, football industry. Uh, but we would like to know from where it started and actually what you got in, what got you into football. So, um, football, I've, I've been interested in all my life, uh, born and brought up here in London, uh, played football for my school, for my high school, uh, very, very sporty. Um, and then <clears throat> really after sort of high school, it, you know, my interest sort of dropped in terms of playing, uh, more interested in watching football, going to matches. And really, it rekindled really in 2009 when we were working with the Chelsea FC. So Chelsea FC at the time, they had introduced the Asian star and that was to encourage more people from Asian backgrounds within the UK to come and play football. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really a chance meeting there with uh, the then CEO, Peter Kenyon, um, who was just at the event and had said, what do you do? And I said, well, I don't really do anything in football but we are working with the Chelsea FC and he said well um, you know isn't there something you can do to engage and encourage more Asians and that's when the the concept of the Asian Football Awards came about mm -hmm. um, and then working with the FA we launched the Asian Football Awards in 2012 and that's really where my football journey uh, began Obviously, uh, then and even still now, um, we like to believe Inventive Sports and the Asian Football Awards are the champion for Asian representation uh, in football, um, especially the under-representation, especially in the UK. Um, we had a chance meeting. It was a sponsor meeting or, you know, us 
asking IMG to be a sponsor of the um, Asian Football Awards. Um, and we spoke to them in, I would say, 2011, 2012. Mm -hmm. And that's when they, in London, and that's when they mentioned that they are going to be doing the Indian Super League. Mm -hmm. And when they mentioned that, then my sort of ears pricked up and sort of said, okay, great, you know, this is something that we can really get involved with. Um, and that didn't really launch, a thing, um, that didn't launch, I don't think, until 2014. Uh, they had envisaged for it to uh, happen a year earlier. It didn't happen. And then really my entry into that was the transfer of Michael Chopra. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we successfully put M Michael into the draft because obviously at that time they had an international players draft. Um, and really then he was the first pick. He was the first international pick by David James, went to the Carrier Blasters. And that really yeah. was my... Um, my entry into Indian football and from there really it's grown um, and it's become inventive sports as niche um, even though we are a UK based company yes. we are global and uh, we have staff in India um, and it's something that really we it's grown and we're very happy the way it's grown we started off with international players international managers we've like Steve Koppel, uh, Ian Hume, Andre BK um, obviously now recently people like Valskis, uh, who was the golden boot winner last year. Um, and then we decided collectively that what are we really here to do? Are we just here just to make a quick buck? Obviously we're not because we've been here for a while. And then we decided really to invest in Indian players. Quite similar to what we were doing in the UK was trying to be a voice for the Asian players or the, the British Indians, uh, the Asians here um, we thought well what what are we here for what is our purpose what is the purpose of the Indian Super League and really it's about improving the standard but it really is about improving the standard of the Indian players yes. so that's when we really started to invest in the business um, we have two wonderful yes. colleagues of ours one in Mumbai Robert Lazrado one in Kerala Shaquille Abdullah and really having those two on board has really opened my eyes, has opened the business's eyes about India. And India mm -hmm. is a very exciting market. You know, yeah. I've, I've always been excited about India. There's, there's been a natural magnetism from my side because my heritage is from India as well. Yeah. So, that, so that really all encompassed has been something that um, has really driven uh, our objective about Indian players. And now Indian players now, You've seen our investment. We, we look after Sahal Abdul Samad, who is one of the most exciting Indian players. Uh, Toby Justin, for example. He's for Kerala, well. right? Yes. Yeah. Sahal's with Kerala. He's just recently signed a, a five-year deal. Yeah. Um, and then Rahul as well. Rahul KP, who plays for the Kerala. And there's many players that we represent. Young, you know, some really exciting young players as well. And some established names. So, so that's really our focus at the moment is India. And India is our strongest market, obviously, even though I'm from the yeah. UK. Um, India is our strongest market. And that's something that we, we really want to drive forward. That is, that's, a, that's a very interesting journey. And as you said, right, okay, uh, it shows the intent of the company. I think the culture shows in the company when you said that we are here. Yes, everybody wants to make a quick buck. Uh, but beyond that, what are you meant for and what is that you are giving back and going toward the future? I think that is that is what uh, defines the culture from 
uh, a, a business to a, a, a actual actual what you actually want to get into, and that's that's really amazing. Uh, but but Baljit, what age? My my question is basically the core to uh, your work. Uh, in India, there are a lot of myths, or people have still not understood what actually football agent does, and how to become a football agent. Uh, so if you can tell us about how did that happen to you, and what are the things that can be done to be a football agent? Uh, because the market is opening up, it's a great market, and uh, I deal with so many sports management students uh, uh, across India. I get, get, and everybody comes across and asks this question. And believe me, most of the time I don't have an answer because I myself don't know exactly what what does that mean and what do you do. I know I know the work that you can do, but how do you become one? Um, so the way uh, my journey into football management and um, agency was. Um, this actually happened, the, uh, the instigator for this was during the first Asian Football Awards, um, during the networking period, um, I was introduced to an agent, okay? And I won't mention who it was, but I was introduced to an agent and obviously you uh, get into conversation, you know, I say, hi, I'm the founder of Asian Football Awards. What do you do? He said, I'm a football agent and I represent X, Y, and Z. I said, great. And I said, you know what, actually, uh, I'd really like to become a football agent, um, just not thinking anything about it at the time. And he said, yeah, he goes, it is quite hard. Um, you, you have to do an exam. And to be honest, I don't think you'd really pass the exam. And I really thought that's a bit of a strange thing to say. Um, and then obviously after that, I took it upon myself to research about football agency and what it was to become a football agent. And at that time, in order to become a licensed football agent with the Football Federation, and obviously here is the English FA, you had to pass an exam. So this is, we're looking at 2012. You had to pass an exam in order to be a licensed agent. Um, and I did some research and I found at the time that the, probably the reason why that guy had said you would probably find it hard and you won't pass is because 14%, one four percent of people who took the exam passed. Okay. Oh. Um, and so that in itself, I thought to myself, okay, wow. So I did some research, found out what the exam was, had some practice papers, spent a bit of time uh, researching about what I needed to know. It was things about compensation, transfers, ages, who you can represent, how you can represent them. And luckily I passed, okay? I passed the exam, so I'm one of the old batch. Um, I'm one of the old lot who passed the exam, who did some work into knowing what football agency is and what the rules and regs are with the Football Federation, having the insurances, how to deal with minors, how to deal with players. Um, and really, on that front, uh, that's how I began. Um, in 2014, 2015, I think maybe FIFA scrapped the exam oh. and in effect, uh, that flooded the market with intermediaries uh, and all you had to do was you just had to pay a fee to the Federation or the Football Association um, in order to be registered and licensed. Mm -hmm. So that's how I uh, became a football agent. Uh, more recently, I've registered with the All India Football Federation as a licensed intermediary with them, obviously because most of our work is uh, in India. I'm also licensed here. Um, I'm also a ECB 
cricket agent as well, obviously here. Oh, wow. Okay. But going, yeah, but going back to your question about how you become a football agent, well, now it's very easy to say that you are a football agent. And, and all you need to do is register with your uh, football federation. So obviously, if, if those are based in India, they will have to register with the AIFF. There is no exam. Um, and apart from that, there are very, um, you know, very easy checks for them to do to become a football agent. Okay. What does it involve? Well, really, it involves a lot of networking. Um, it obviously helps for you to have a portfolio of very good players. Because if you have good players, then in effect, people will be wanting those players and you are acting as the intermediary in between. And then it will be about you negotiating the contracts uh, that the, the clubs uh, will give to you for the players. You are acting for the player. The player is your client. So it, it's your responsibility to look yeah. after the player. Um, and that's very important. Sometimes what happens is when players can't be placed, there are some agents who will forget about those players. Um, because there are some agents who are only looking at the paycheck. Um, whereas what we do here at Inventive is we try to we try to look at things as these guys are our clients. They've entrusted us to look after them. It's our duty to look after them. Obviously, there will be times when there are players who are not placed. Um, there are many occasions where we have actually placed players and we've said to the clubs, um, if your concern here is paying an agency fee, we will forego the agency fee. We just want the player to be placed. Wow. Okay. It's really about networking. It's about keeping your wits about you. It's about successes. It's about disappointments. It's about how you deal with the behaviours of clubs, how you deal with behaviours of CEOs, um, and really how you negotiate the best for your player. And, you know, this is the same for internationals as well as Indians. Oh, I, I think... Uh... That, that gave me lot, myself a lot of clarity. I'm sure the, the listeners are going to get a lot of clarity about the whole thing. And uh, you, you became an agent after clearing the exam. That has got more respect than uh, uh, what, what happens without the exam. But yes, because you studied, you, you took the whole nine yards and to make it one. And that's amazing. Uh, so, uh, Bajit, there's always, always a question that uh, one, in, in typically I have seen, I've, I've worked with ISL on few clubs that not on the agenting side, but on the commercial side of the clubs on fan engagement and all. Always get to hear that one player has got two, three agents. How does that, how does that actually happen? And how do you actually correct this market to have a right approach? Um, football is all about introduction. It's all about your networking book, your address book, your phone book. It's about who you know. It's about your relationship with teams. Teams, uh, the relationship with teams get built up by the interactions that you have. So ultimately, if you place a player in a team, that team, that CEO, that owner can see how you work. Um, and then people will, uh, will obviously from outside uh, look at social media. So we are very big on our social media. Yes. So <laughs> what, what we like to do is we like to shout about things that we've done. Okay. Um, some people may think that's the wrong approach. We think it's the right approach because 
in effect, it's about letting people know what you as a company can do and what is the best way, what is the easiest way you can do, and that is using social media. So as much as we can on that, we will use our social media platforms. I use, obviously, my own social media platform, um, you know, saying to people, listen, we are the real deal, okay? Um, we are who we say we are. These are the deals that we have done. Um, some people, when they, especially international agents, for example, when they look at India, they're thinking to themselves, who do we approach in India? You know, for them, they're thinking India is a minefield because they may have been approached by someone with Indian name that says, listen, I know all the clubs, I can get you into all the clubs, etc. Now, when it comes to players having many agents, players are very smart themselves. So players sometimes won't then just say, okay, I just want you to look after me. Now, the way we, we like to work is we like to say, well, listen, you can see our track history, you can see our track record, look on Instagram, look on LinkedIn, look at our articles that where we've featured, look at who we've placed, please speak to these managers, please speak to the coaches. If you want us to represent you, we want an exclusive mandate. And we want an exclusive mandate for India. Because in one way that protects us, um, because then we don't want any Tom, Dick and Harry just to say, listen, okay, I can get you into this club. So that protects us. You know that we know all the clubs. We have a link into all the clubs. We can present your profile to all of the clubs quite similar to what other people are saying that they can do, we can also do that as well. Now, with internationals, internationals more than likely will have agents mm -hmm. who will be in England, in Spain, in Brazil, uh, the UAE, for example. So from that perspective, we know we have to work with those agents. If they have a global uh, representation contract with the player, we know we have to work with them. So then that mandate then becomes inventive sports plus that agent okay so we have to respect that so that's how things work obviously over the years in the indian super league we've we've got to know internationals who have been placed in india by certain agents in the past and they have said to us we'd like to work with you exclusively so examples of that for example is ian hume who we worked with uh, we built up a relationship with Ian, uh, you know, really became a friend. And then we sort of said to him, well, how about we represent you? And he said, yeah, fine. You know, I was waiting for you to ask me. Um, and then, um, you know, people like uh, Rafael Augusto, who was at the Chennaian, he won two uh, ISLs with his at the moment with the Bengaluru. The same thing happened with him as well. So from being with uh, uh, an international agent then to being with us um, ex exclusively. Um, the same with Andy Keogh as well, uh, who's an ex-Premier League uh, player um, who played out in Australia and he was out in the ISL. Same thing happened. So the thing about multiple mandates, it happens. It happens all the time. Sometimes as well, we uh, compete on players. Say, for example, I approach an ISL club to say, listen, I'm re representing this very exciting player. And they'll say, well, Bajit, uh, we've just had the same profile from about eight different agents. Now, I will only, <laughs> and we get faced with that a lot. And I will, I will only then approach a club when I have a mandate or I have an agreement with a player to say, listen, um, I want you to represent me. Um, so that's, you know, these are all the hurdles that we have to face, which is understandable. It's going to happen. Believe me, when 
I have seen players who have signed multiple agreements. I've seen them. I've seen them on WhatsApp. They've been sent by other agents who have said, oh, you've just placed the player, but he's actually under a representation agreement from ourselves. And I would, I would always say, listen, I do apologise, but it seems as though I have the latest mandate. Um, <laughs> and our mandates will always say that our mandates supersede any other mandates that they've signed. But it, is very, it can be very frustrating. Yeah. I, I can understand, and uh, it's, 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 that is what we are looking for. The more professionalism has to come into the Indian sport and Indian football. I think it, it is it is on the on the way. I think it should come uh, uh, soon uh, for the betterment of the whole ecosystem of of football and the economics of football to grow up. Uh, so we have uh, in, in the developed countries that you you grew up in in UK and uh, seen the EPLs and uh, and uh, the way the whole FA handles their role. Uh, from grassroots all the way to becoming a professional, there is a different role for a scout. So, do you think those kind of roles are uh, coming up in India as well? The proper scouts, the way we have in in uh, in Europe. Like I, I remember, I talking to Barry Noels, uh, who was with Bharat FC in India, and uh, he he had his claim to fame with uh, with uh, find, finding uh, some of the stars on 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 the street and making them to the English English team. Uh, so do you think that is what is also coming up in Indian market now? The infrastructure in India has greatly improved, okay? <clears throat> With the advent of the ISL, <clears throat> um, you know, IMG originally and then Reliance, <clears throat> FSDL now, they've really invested in um, Indian football, okay? It's very clear to see the professionalism, the way the clubs are run, the structure of the clubs. Obviously, there various clubs have various ways of doing things. There are some who are more established. There are some who are very successful at doing things. Um, can more be done? Yes, of course, more yes. it can be done. With regard to scouts, now, if you look at India, India in itself is such a massive country. In effect, it's 10 different countries, really. Yeah. Um, so, um, scouting is very important. Um, People really look, you know, there's such an untapped talent pool in India. It's unbelievable. Um, people are obviously going to the hotbeds like uh, the Northeast. Um, they're going to places like Calcutta, the Kerala. I think uh, there's so much more which has been unexplored. Um, a lot comes down to opportunity that children are given. Um, if it's uh, implemented in schools, if it's, uh, if football is used in schools, um, how much sport is invested in schools? I think that's very important. There are there have been many campaigns over the years, certainly since I've been involved in Indian football, that have targeted grassroots. Have they been successful? I would say, you know, there, there needs to be vast improvement in these. Um, really, the talent needs to be nurtured from a very young age. Okay, yes. from a very young age. If you look at the UK. Uh, they're looking at players from age six, seven, okay? Yeah. Because what they want to be able to do is they don't want players to form bad habits. And they form bad habits as they grow older. So uh, academies really want to be able to nurture the players, um, teach them the right ways, the techniques. Now, the AAFF have obviously introduced baby leagues, which is great, um, all across India. I think, I think it needs to be rolled out uh, more across India but if you look at um, even in the western world for example 
the players who have made it, they're the players who are ultimately from, you know, quite poor backgrounds, you know, deprived backgrounds. Um, and they really have a motive to get out of where they are. Okay. So they have that incentive to really do well, to really work hard. And some of these people think that football is their only way. Okay. Whereas if you may have people from middle class or, you know, whose parents are well to do, they'll think, let me give football a try. And I know this is a very huge generalization here, but they may just think, let me give football a try. If it doesn't work out, then there's always my dad or my mum's business to fall back on. It doesn't matter. Whereas those who've come from deprived backgrounds, they have that drive to really get out of where they're from. Plus, the easiest sport to play in the world is football. That's the easiest sport to play. You don't need it. You know, what equipment do you need? You, you really don't need equipment apart from a ball and, you know, two jumpers for goalposts. It's not like cricket where you need a helmet or you need pads and stumps and a bat. Yeah. So really in India, I would like to see more done for those from, uh, you know, deprived backgrounds. Maybe, you know, uh, the projects like Slum Soccer. I'm sure you've heard of Slum yeah, Soccer, ABJ. RBG, what he's been doing. And, and I always had in my mind that there's going to be a star that comes out from there. There really is from a very deprived yeah, background. Sure. Yeah. I can see it happening. Um, and I think really uh, clubs uh, and organizations, they really need to take advantage of that. Of course, you know, help them, help them in their lives, help to educate them along the way, um, you know, give them some structure in their lives but really to look at, at that area um, and to do more. So scouting really, um, you know, some, you know, there was a football club I spoke to a while ago and they said, anyone can become a scout, okay? Obviously, there are qualifications to become a scout and, and agents like myself are not scouts. So if any, agents will say that, if any agents will say to you that they're scouts, they're not scouts, unless they have... The qualifications really becoming a scout is about being the eyes and ears um if you are in a region like for example india is so vast you can be you know i'm just going to pick uh Nagpur, for example where slum soccer is just as an example yeah. um you can just be there and you can see uh, a girl or a boy who just displays a talent a drive a determination and you can then just say right how can i harness this this a talent and then really it's about the pathways thereafter, how you introduce them to clubs, how you then say, right, this is the structure which I believe you should follow. Okay. So yes, scouting needs to improve. Yes, there needs to be more organized and structured scouting. And that really starts with the clubs. That, you know, okay. The clubs really need to be doing a lot more, especially in, those, in their areas. Wow. I think you give a, a complete, a, a different perspective about opening up the whole, whole different career options for a lot of students, a lot of people who want to be in this uh, with scouting. So now coming to your uh, work as well, from scout, they, the, the footballer is handed over to a, a, a agent. So what is the legal age for, for you to sign a player? And what is your journey along with the player? So um, in order to sign a player officially, they have to be over 16, okay? Um, and at the age of 16, if we sign contracts, we obviously have to liaise with the parents, the guardians, um, and for us to inform the guardians, for them to sign also the documentation. Now, the reality 
<clears throat> is, and especially in the West, players show promise and talent before the age of 16. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And officially, they're not allowed to be signed to agents. But what agents do, um, and this is something we haven't done, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately or unfortunately, we haven't done this because we've concentrated primarily, uh, primarily in India, is that they will latch on to players, they'll latch on to the parents of those who show promise at a younger age, okay? So if, for example, they see a 14, 15-year-old who they know is going to be the next big thing, um, they will then uh, be speaking with their parents. They, you know, there are stories where these agents offer the parents jobs and they will say to the parents, well, how about you become my scout? And uh, I will pay you, you know, £100,000 a year for you to be my scout, full well knowing that they're not really going to be doing anything. And that 100000 really is just to secure your son's signature by the time he turns 16. Okay. Um, so, so really, that is, that's what happens in reality. Obviously, at the age of 16 is when you can officially sign a representation agreement with a player. Um, the players that we have signed have more than uh, often been over the age of 16. Um, I would say the youngest player maybe we've signed is 17. So it's it's all been above board, and of course I am going to say that it's uh, it's all been above board, and we've signed. But that's what we like to do. We like to involve the parents because at sixteen, seventeen, even you know going up to the age of twenty, etc., a player really needs the input of their parents. They really need uh, they need to understand what they're signing, even though our representations and agreements are not onerous. They're very simple. And it just say, says that you agree to be with us as an agency for two, three years, for example. Um, and that's what we do. Um, usually when we sign players, they are either associated with clubs already. So that, that initial hard work has, has already been done. So we know clubs have shown interest. Um, just say, for example, under 17 uh, India national players, um, we know obviously they, they have shown promise because they've, they've played on the international stage. Yeah. They may have gone through uh, the Indian Arrows and for them to be in, in, the, in the Indian Arrows, we know that there's talent. Then uh, more often than not, it's representation for us is about recommendation. So players will be uh, saying, listen, I know this player. Uh, he, he plays for the Indian Arrows. He's looking for representation. I have said to him, or he has asked me who I go to, obviously we are recommended. Um, and we have the conversations really. And um, we do have initial conversations about, could you please get me some boots? Um, yeah. Could you get me some boots? And we always, uh, always say, listen, don't think about the boots, please. You know, the boots will come. <laughs> don't think about boots. If you are signing with an agency only to get boots, you know, please don't do it. Um, if we can't get you boots at a certain age and you can't afford them, I'll buy them for you. I will send them from England or I'll get Wilbur or yeah. Shaquille to, to buy them from India if that is something that you're really thinking about. Um, so, yeah, so that's really what happens. And then luckily for us, obviously, as we've worked, how we've worked, people have seen it. And this generation is very big on Instagram. So they'll see, for example, what have we done with this player? So, you know, uh, real examples we can use is the 
the Puma sponsorship that we got for Sahal, my protein sponsorship. So they've seen what it can be if they are with us, but it's not only about the sponsorship and obviously ultimately you have to prove who you are on the pitch. Um, so that's really what happens. Um, and then really it's just about looking at contracts, new contracts that they are placed with the clubs. It's about letting the, the clubs know, listen, that player that you had there for a year who was in your reserves, we now represent them. Um, and clubs are always like, oh, really? Okay. Okay. So that means we have to deal with you. And I said, yes, you have to deal with us. Um, and usually when the clubs deal with us, they know I'm quite meticulous when it comes to contracts. Uh, there's been occasions, and I won't say who, but there's been occasions where the contracts have gone back and forth between me and the club's lawyers many times. So um, I'm sure clubs aren't looking forward to uh, speaking to me when it comes to these things. So, um, so that's really where we are, and that's what we do, and that's, uh, that's how we operate with the uh, place. Nice. So uh, again, why I ask this question, I, I work with uh, MS and uh, on his brand endorsement, so uh, or his commercial commercial side. So that is a different world where uh, we don't uh, interfere with the where where the player is signing and all those things. But the football, what you do is is uh, you firstly you get them signed with a team and then you look at the commercial endorsement around that as well. Uh, is that what yeah. you do whole nine yards, or you have the partners uh, ecosystem? Because I remember. Sunil Chetri is with Cornerstone as well as for the commercial side, but uh, I think Sonu represents him for uh, as as an agent. So, uh, yeah. so those kind of things are also get split. So it's just a little confusion. So I just wanted to get that thing clarified. <clears throat> yeah. So we we at this point are doing the whole nine yards. Okay. okay. Um, so we are dealing direct with the Pumas, the My Proteins. Uh, there's a few more that I can't mention at the moment because it hasn't happened. We haven't signed on the dotted line, but I I do uh, look over the contracts um, in uh, in India. Um, obviously, Wilbur and Shaquille they are liaising with uh, the, the companies, and what really helps is the fact that if a player is doing well, um, if they've got a good Instagram following, it's about the brands approaching us. And that is really, that is for anybody, that's an ideal situation. Yeah, quite exactly. similar to, if you look at Sunil, for example, he, he in himself is a brand onto himself. Yeah. So he will have no doubt uh, people approaching his uh, a company to say, right, how much would it be for a Sunil to endorse um, a product? So <clears throat> that's luckily happening with us. Um, obviously with Sahal, you know, I would say he's probably number two in Instagram followers and social media followers to Sunil. Um, Sahar's the new guard, he's the new generation. Yeah. Um, and that's why Puma approached us. Uh, they were very keen to have him. We were speaking to other brands at the time, but the offering that we had from Puma, and I'm talking about the whole holistic offering, mm. not just the, uh, the commercial side, but what they had planned, what they were doing internationally, that's what attracted us to Puma. So yes, a player needs to be associated with the club. Yes, they need to show a talent and they need to have a very good social media following. So Sahal's now I think is approaching half a million. Um, and when you look at interaction like that, 
and when brands look at <clears throat> what in, engagement he has, you know, his, his, his posts far exceed many other uh, celebrity posts. Um, it's quite clear to see, the, and the analytics is very clear to see from the brand's perspective, and that makes our life easier. And then obviously what we then do is we utilize that fact to say, actually, we do have other athletes who are up and coming, we believe that would be quite useful for you to use. They are going to be the next stars. Uh, now is your chance to latch onto them uh, right. now uh, and for you to be involved in them. Nice. So, so Baljit, uh, one question that was, in, was there in our mind when you mentioned the early day, uh, in the uh, early part of the interview, when you said that uh, the agent usually ignore the players who don't get sold and uh, they, they go uh, under, under the radar. Uh, you have an amazing roster with uh, so many young talent uh, with at the same time the coaches and the players. So it's, it's a different uh, widespread that you have from different diversity, different background and a different age group. So there are a lot of combinations that you have in your roster. So how do you deal yeah. with them on the one-to-one -one level? How do you build that personal rapport? What kind of uh, interpersonal skills are really required uh, to make sure your ego doesn't come in the way and uh, you are always thinking about the, that individual to make them better? Um, so, like I said, how we invested in India, um, that investment for us was about having people on the ground, okay? Uh, people in India. I didn't want to be a company that just, and you know, there are a few, that a few have tried to do this and a few who are doing this. The fact that they're from outside of India, they're just saying, okay, great, we're from this country, and you should respect us because we are an international agency. Um, yes, we are an international agency, but the respect that I have for India, for Indian football, is very high. And <clears throat> because we're investing in Indian players, again, we need to say, well, how can we interact with the players? You can't only interact over Zoom. You can't over, only interact over a WhatsApp message here and there. You have to meet with them. So obviously now it's quite hard because of COVID and the restrictions, et cetera. But I was, I was in India three to four times a year. Okay. okay. So, um, and during ISL, obviously I would meet players, um, speak with players, you know, have that human interaction with players. Um, so most of the players that we represent, I have personally met, but that's, that's the other reason why we have, Shaquille in Kerala and Wilbur in Mumbai is because there is that local knowledge. They're there, they know the players more, more than likely and they're, they're the ones who have been recommended to. They will speak with the players. Um, particularly in Kerala, we have Shaquille who people respect uh, very greatly and they look at him as an older brother. They can speak to him in Malayalam um, maybe things, some things that they are unable to translate into English, they can quite easily speak with him. And rather than me being there to interfere, I will say to Shaquille, listen, you speak with the player, you find out how they're feeling, you speak with their parents. And more often than not, he's done that. The same with Will as well. He'll speak to parents, he'll speak to the player. And as well, it's, it's, about, um, it's about the uh, uh, engagement and the commonality, the empathy that these guys can have that perhaps I can't have because I'm sitting all the way in England yes. and I'm there two, three times a year. 
And obviously, the age gap is is a lot more from me and the players than it is, for example, with Wilbur, because he's a lot younger. And we made that a conscious decision to have Wilbur, not only because he showed the the, the drive, the passion, but because he was involved in football. And you know, he he is of that age whereby he's quite similar age to these guys, and he can relate a lot more than perhaps I can. Um, so that's so that's really what what we've done, but. I like to, where I can, I like to interact with the players. I'll maybe send them a, a WhatsApp. And if they, and I, I do speak to the players. So if there's something that they believe that, you know, maybe speaking to a Bulgy in London can help solve our issues, um, I will quite happily speak yeah. with them, quite happily speak with their parents. But the guys that we work with, so Wilbur and Shaquille in India, as far as I'm concerned, they, they don't work for us. They work with us. And that's the trust that I have in these guys. Um, and believe me when I say that we as a company have had our fingers burnt with partners and people that we've worked with in the past, both in the UK, in India, you know, things haven't worked out. You know, the trust that we, we think that we should give our uh, partners or employees or staff, for example, it, it really wasn't reciprocated in the past. Mm. But with uh, uh, Wilbur and, Shaquille, I've known them for a long time, just we didn't formalise the relationship and obviously until two or three years ago. So that, that really is there. But sometimes it can be very frustrating for players if they're not placed. Um, and it's really our job to convince, if it were, or speak to clubs, say, listen, you know, don't only look at the past season. You, you need to know reasons why a player yeah. either didn't perform it could be personal circumstances. It could be um, an injury which prevented things. So it's really, it's us pushing the player. And really, we are the salespeople, right? So we're, yes. we're this, the salesman. And for us to really keep our, our ears to the ground and say, what are clubs looking for? Uh, when are they looking for it? It could just really be a very small window of opportunity whereby we hear that a club has had a player who's just sustained an injury. And it could be Wilbur or Shaquille on the phone straight away to the CEO to say, are you looking for a right back? Are you looking for a centre back? And whereas previously they said, no, 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 no. It could just be that opportune moment. They yes. say, okay, who do you have? But that's really our job. It's, some may see it as being a bit of a woodpecker where you just keep drilling yeah. at the, uh, the tree. You know, like some people say they keep hitting their head against the brick wall, but eventually that, the brick wall will will fall right so so that's really our job so that's what we're there to do wow uh, so Baljit I'm coming to the last segment of uh, our interview I would love to talk to you for hours together but uh, just keeping the time in time time in mind the last segment is one thing that you would like to see change in Indian football with respect to the existing situation as well as women football what is that thing that you feel um <clears throat> India is is a vast country, as you know. Uh, the footballing infrastructure, yes, it has improved, certainly since I you know, came interested in, in, in Indian football. And that was you know, 2008, 2009, when I used to read the blogs of Aranava and Chris. And uh, I, you know, that's how I got to know about Indian football. Um, things have changed. The ISL has changed things. It's improving. But people really need to understand that because of the vastness of India, because of the appetite for football, and there's a huge appetite for football in India, it's the number two sport far, by far and far. 
as far as I'm concerned. It's got uh, the, the potential for the league to expand. If you look at a country like the UK, where you know, you've got a league system which can go into obviously the football league system, then you go to the non-league system, then you go into the county system. Um, India has that. India has that the potential. Obviously, at the moment, people are looking at the ISL and they're looking at the I-League. Um, really, that needs to be, you know, a four or five tier structured professional league, I believe. Yes. And then within that, you need to have structured state systems. Um, that's where I think things really need to happen. And I'm a very big advocate of a promotion and relegation. I really am. Yes. And the ISL obviously is based on the MLS structure um you know when that opens up and i hope hope it opens up soon that then gives incentive for clubs who are below yes. um to say and it also gives incentive for the clubs in the il to really invest because they don't want to be relegated right um so really it's it's that um there needs to be far more government um injection when it comes to football uh, there needs to be huge investment. Um, and I think a lot more needs to be done on that perspective. So that's where I'd like to see that grow. And quite similarly, there needs to be parallel leagues for women. Um, women's football across the, uh, across the globe has just shot. You know, it's, it's attracting sponsors, it's attracting TV. Um, so I think a lot more needs to be done there. And in India as well, I know it seems as though that the broadcasting is, you know, you know, uh, the pigeonhole towards star sports. But I think, yeah. well, that really needs to be opened up. Uh, a lot more needs to be done on mobile content. People are viewing and consuming a lot more yes. on m mobile. There needs to be a lot more on YouTube. There needs to be a, a lot more content on Instagram. I can see that there are various companies who are starting to do things and some very good things actually that they're doing but there needs to be a lot more people need to uh, concentrate a lot more on Indian football people we need to move away from people saying if you ask an Indian what team do you support we don't want them to say I support the Chelsea or Barcelona we yes. want them to say first and first and foremost I support Kerala Blasters I support East Bengal I support Jamshirpur you know yes. Mumbai that's where we need to get to that stage. And we really need that ethos of families, you know, you know, wearing proudly a Mumbai jersey, a Kerala jersey, an East Bengal jersey, and showing that pride and taking a picture of that on their Instagram, first and foremost, over the Barcelona's, the Real Madrid's, the Chelsea's, yes. the Liverpool. That's where we need to get. Um, and we really need to get Indian football to uh, a world stage, you know, it, it, it's it's happening. It's happening very very slowly, but there needs to be a lot more investment in Indian football. And it, listen, with the the new three plus one rule, which is going to happen yes. uh, the season after next, that really does show that the authorities are looking at investing in Indian football. And that then is transpiring into the fact that clubs now are thinking, right, let's do five year deals for these Indian players. Yes. They are going to be our future. And what's really helping us as agents is that they are now getting paid more. They're getting Indian players are being, obviously the, the, the upper echelons of the Indian players are being paid in 
on par with the, the internationals. And it's very refreshing to see. Um, and certainly some of our players are, and there will be an announcement, not of our player. Obviously, there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of talk at the moment about where Sandesh is going, uh, Sandesh yeah. Jingham. Um, and, and his deal, he, he isn't our player, he's a good friend of ours, but his deal will be announced. And when his deal is announced, I think that's really going to make a lot of people around the world stand up and a lot of Indian players stand up. And that, that should in itself be ambition enough for aspiring players to say, actually, I want to be like a Sahal. I want to be like a Sandesh. Um, And there really is a future in football in India. And listen, I'm very excited as an individual. Uh, The company's very excited. um, And we think there are very big big things to come for Indian football. And we're we're just glad that we're there. We're we're in the mix and we're established and people know who we are really. So so that's where we are. yeah, and, and believe me, even even uh, even the women football started picking up. Yes, it's still far behind, uh, but still it started picking up. Uh, the IWL was uh, had a good opening. I was talking to Aditi uh, Chauhan, and she played for Gokulam, and Gokulam won. So they had an open bus uh, entry when they won and yes. came into Kerala. And they, she said, I have never yes. seen so many people cheering for women football, and there were thousands and thousands across the road. Uh, so I think that's an amazing sign. Uh, also, last last question uh, to you uh, is what what has been your the best moment of being an agent? It's uh, internationally, nationally, or, or in Indian market. Um, yet, I, I, let me say yet. Let's not. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there are there's been so many. <clears throat> um, you know, I'd like to say every deal, even if it's you know. 15 lakhs up to grills and believe me, they've been grill deals that we've done, but it's, you know, they're, they're all very special in a certain way because like I said, we, we look after the clients, the clients for us are king. So if we can then help fulfill part of their dream, then really it's a success for us. But there've been many stories, many adventures that um, I have had personally. And one that really sticks out in my mind <clears throat> is in uh, 2017, I think it was, um, we were looking after Ian Hume. Ian Hume uh, had just won the ISL with ATK. Yes. Um, and he was in demand. Um, teams really wanted him. Um, you know, I was getting calls from various clubs, had offers from various clubs. And um, we, he had said, listen, I want to wait for Carol. I just want to see what they've got to say. And Kerala had the year before, obviously, they lost the final to ATK. Um, and I had clients involved both sides because I had Steve Akopal, who was the manager of yes. the Kerala at the time. Kerala. Graham Statton, the goalkeeper at the time. And then on the other side, we had Ian Hume. And Ian Hume, obviously, he had won it with ATK. So um, he just said, listen, I want to see where the Kerala are. I'd spoken to Steve uh, and I just said, listen, would Ian Hume be somebody you'd be interested in he said yeah of course i would and we i obviously assumed that steve was going to continue at the Kerala blasters um because he took them to the final with a very <clears throat> in my mind a very average team he took them to the final uh, things didn't work out with regard to him going back there and they went a different route and then steve went to jump um but then um 
Ian was saying, you know, I just want to wait to see what Nicola got to say. And then we then decided just, you know, 24 hours before we actually flew, Ian, I said to Ian, listen, the Indian players draft is happening in Mumbai on this day at the St. Regis. Shall we just go out there, you and I, and at least all the clubs will be under one roof. Let's go and speak with them. Okay. And he just said, okay, fine, let's do it. So he flew from Manchester via Abu Dhabi. I flew direct from London straight into Mumbai. And we were there, I was there for 36 hours. And went to the St. Regis, met with the teams. We spoke to four teams in the lobby. I remember this very well. And it's a story that I tell to a lot of people and Ian does as well. And we said to the teams, we are here. Let's get this done. And we spoke to the teams who had offered us before, and we said, well, that, that's not quite enough. And really, I, I went up to Renny Mollenstein, because he was obviously the new, newly appointed manager of the Kerala Blast. And I said, listen, I'm not sure if you know, but I represent you. We are speaking to other clubs. We just need to, we need you to show your cards. And he said, okay, thank you very much. I'll let you know. So we, I thought at that end, okay, he's going to sign with a different club. And literally, I would say, just before we walked into a meeting with a club who said we want to sign, we got a call from the Kerala Blasters who had said, could you please meet us in a room upstairs, yourself and Ian. And we spoke with the owner, very surreal type moment. And he had said, right, what do you want? And we said, we are looking for this amount. We believe if you bring Ian Hume back to the Kerala Blasters, it will just work with the fans. He did so well for them in year one. Um, he was in the final in year one. They love him. He's been scoring goals. Let's make this work. And quite literally over five minutes, the conversation was, okay, let's do this. Wow. And it's a contract, trying to sign contracts. And it was us walking through the lobby with the other club sort of saying, okay, do you want to have that meeting now? And because Ian had that in him that he wanted to go back to the Kerala Blasters, plus their offer was the best, uh, we said, we've actually just signed with the Kerala Blasters now. And it was me traveling back to the airport. I remember this, the contract was sent. I'm using my 4G uh, international roaming, reading the contract, saying names are spelled incorrectly, you've not added that the bonus, and doing uh, the contract even on the way to Mumbai airport, lackluster uh, coverage, me trying to be on the phone, and there's obviously, as you know, India is this full of wonderful noises of horns and, and uh, nightlife, and then being at the airport, checking in, in the lounge, trying to ensure things are right. And then not knowing that when I had to switch my phone off on the plane, uh, not knowing whether the deal had actually been signed. And then arriving in London, first thing I do is when we land, uh, look at my phone and said, the deal's done. And then wow. when that's done, I'm straight on the phone to Sky Sports in England to say, right, here's an exclusive for you. Uh, Ian Hume has just been signed. And really, for me, that's something, looking back, you think to yourself, wow, 36 hours. And that's how much time we invest. And that's what money we invest in our players. 
just to ensure things are done. Um, and that's how I'd like to think it's a bit over and above what others do. And that's not knocking other agencies. There are some good agencies out in India. There are some very, there are some agencies which I feel that they are just in it for the paycheck and they don't invest. Yeah. So that's where we go and that's how we do things. So that's one thing that really sticks out um, wow. in my mind, really. One last thing, your, your prediction for this ISL. Um, <clears throat> if you just go on paper with regard to the strongest teams and how they've afforded all those players is beyond me with the, the caps. But I would say uh, two stand out and that's um, ATK and Mumbai. They stand out. Um, obviously, Mumbai are using established players. They're using an established manager. They've got CFG behind them. Those stand out. I think perhaps because of the fact of COVID, because all the teams are going to be in one place, there won't be that added traveling for some teams. Like, for example, a jump ship will have to take a train for three hours to get to exactly. the nearest airport. I think that may put people on a bit of a level playing field. So we could even see a surprise that uh, a team that hasn't won um, the ISL before wins it. Um, so really, I, I think apart from those two that are strong, and listen, you, you, you can't ever write off Bengaluru because they've been very yeah. consistent ever since they've been in the I-League and the ISL. So you can never uh, rule them out. But ATK last season were very strong, it's quite evident, yes. the amount they invested in their players. Uh, they have an established head coach. Uh, they've got a very good structure. So for me, I would say them and Mumbai are favourites. Obviously, I support Kerala. Um, <laughs> with players in Kerala, uh, already there, Indian players. And we're, we're hoping, you know, there, there could be some more signings from us there. So I always hope Kerala will win it. That's my team. Uh, like in the UK. Nikhil will, will be happy to hear that. Yeah, I, I hope you will be happy. You know, I spoke to him recently as well about various other things that, that we're dealing with. Um, but I, I think people can see even through my history of, of Instagram and Facebook, I don't switch teams. It's yeah. been a careless since day one. And that was just by chance because obviously we did the, the, our first deal there. We went out there, you know, spoke with the Manjapada as well, you know, who sort of embraced us. And yes. football in Kerala is is something else. And yeah, being, there, yeah. in, being there in year one, it was probably the most electric atmosphere I've ever been to, ever. Yes. And I've been to a few grounds. So, so that's the respect I hold for Kerala as a team, Kerala fans. Um, and yeah, listen, I, I, I hope, you know, to God that we make it to the playoffs, number one and that we win and our players obviously score <laughs> that will be so much a kudos for us and we we, we really want to see the indian players do well and uh, you know yes. if they can have more of the limelight listen we've done our job and the isl has done its job really if that happens but just one final thing i'd like to say you know like how you say you get approached by many people about asking how to become an agent what qualifications um we get asked that a lot and, and I get asked that a lot by people that say, sir, please, can you guide me? What degree shall I do? What uh, management course shall I do? And really, listen, number one is about the passion. If you have a passion for something, if you have a dream, do not let anyone say to you that you can't do something. 
okay? So even if, for example, we get approached, and I'm sure you do as well, we get approached for internships. And I say, listen, I don't have anything to offer you. I can't offer you anything at the moment because as an organization, we're very tight, we're very uh, small, and that's like the way we like to operate. But if I say no, that we don't have anything, don't think that is the end of the journey. Go and approach another agency, go and approach something else. And if nothing works out, you start yourself. You need obviously a talented players. There is no formal qualification you need. Yes, there are many courses out there that say, listen, you pay X, X, Y, and Z, and we will then say you've got a certificate in becoming a football agency. You don't need that. Yes, they are helpful. And listen, even I'm thinking about perhaps doing something like an online course, doing interaction with people, because I know there's a demand for it. And um, so that's really something is, you know, really be passionate, believe in your dream. And I always use this phrase. I always say, stay humble and hustle hard. And that means, listen, be humble to yourself, to your players and people who you interact with. Integrity for us is a massive thing. Um, reputation is a very big thing. And don't take no for an answer. If one person says no, look at another avenue. If one door closes or in fact it doesn't open, knock on another door, maybe that will open. Um, and I am looking forward to working with, with more people from India. There are people with passion. I can see it. I can really see it. That people are saying, listen, well, I'll do anything just to work with you. And I'll say, well, if something isn't working, make it work and make it work in a different way. We are in, in the, we are in the realm of social media. Okay. You can market yourself. You can market your products. You can market your team. Um, so really just to believe in yourself. So that's really my final note. I know I like to talk a lot, but you know, listen, you've given me the opportunity. It's, it's, I don't do this very often. Yeah. I don't do this very often. I think, I think I need to do more of this and believe me, this is a message that, and I hope it's transpired over the, the, the course of this interview, but we really want people to know, you know, both internationally and both in India, we are an agency you can trust. You can see what we've done. You can see our track record. Um, we go by word of mouth, you know, speak to clubs, speak to other players. But, but really, we are open to interaction. Uh, we're open on social media. Please drop us an email. Please drop us a DM. Um, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to doing more of this. And I'm looking forward to this being live, really. So uh, yes. So thank you. Thank you, Sid, for obviously thinking about us and me. Um, I've been following your stuff for a long time. It's, it's a great thing what you're doing. It's much needed. You. You know, really we need more that. people to get involved. More people to really get involved in sport. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you yes. from my side. Thank you. Thank you, Baljeet. And take care, stay safe, and I'd love to see you soon. Great. Thanks, Sid. Have a good day. Speak soon. Yes, thank Thanks, you. everyone.